0: Hey there, and welcome to Westeros Weekly, the show that answers your biggest questions about every episode of Game of Thrones. I'm Philip Molina, and back with me this week. Hi, I'm Eric Voss. I missed him a lot last week. It was very, very hard to do this alone, and I got a lot of comments about uh, what I'm like as a drunk. (laughs) A <laughs> uh, reminder by the way all of our game of thrones coverage is available in our westeros weekly podcast feed so get our season eight content in audio form earlier than you do in the video versions uh you can look for that westeros weekly feed on itunes wherever you get your podcast also though remember to check out our new mcu podcast uh it's called inside marvel it has all of our avengers content uh it, insanely that podcast is it, like number six in tv and film and we just launched it it's like one of the best wow. things we've ever had
1: it must be this marvel thing must be popular with yeah. people i yeah. hope
0: it keeps going yes please please <laughs> um so anyway this week though we've got a really uh just a ton of great questions from you guys uh so we'll be answering those and uh, we're gonna do our weekly power rankings. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're also going to update uh, where we are in Guess the Throne, that pool. Uh, We finally have data back from that. Uh, And then uh, we just normally start, I think, as we should, with the big question that's on all our minds. Okay. Oh, yikes. (laughs) Wow. Off-screen raven. Where's even the raven? That was just the sound of the raven and a man's hand.
1: Uh, so where does this come from? Uh, this comes from at stopped clock 17 <laughs> on Twitter asking, what is Jamie's plan? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. So
0: this was the question that immediately, I think like just from watching was kind of wait a second. Cause I, I, I paused in this moment and I was like, okay, he's going to realize he can't leave the fight or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has to get back in there. He's on the side of the good guys now. And then his whole monologue there is no, I'm not
1: the man that you think I am. I am the bad guy. Yeah, it was it was a bit maddening. You know, like, we, we saw him make the choice that we were all kind of waiting for him to make with Brienne, and then uh, I guess he just had a, a change of heart, you know, after they after he bedded her. Uh, he, after he climbed the mountain, uh, in Tyrion's terms, you saw him kind of laying awake in bed, thinking, like, is this really who I want? And, you know, there was that moment in season four, uh, when he had sex with Cersei at the grave of their child. Uh, he said, why does. do the gods make me love a oh an evil woman you right. know it, it seems like he feels cursed and he's kind of in this self-defeating narrative in his own mind where he has to cast himself as a villain
0: yeah you know uh what what you just reminded me is, is just the timing of this what a worse like there no one has a worse story about your first times results Right, she's like, "Oh, I finally had had my first time having sex, and it made the man leave like the the safety of the cities in to go to a certain death. Go back to his, to go to his, his sister ex girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. just like this is uh, this is what sex is like, Brian. Yeah, and it's it.
1: especially tragic for Brian because yeah, we know her history of being like teased and right. uh, distrusting men, thinking being strung along, thinking that men are really interested in her, but it's actually some kind of cruel joke, and that's always been kind of her story." Which so it's super sad to quick, see her go back to that. Gwendolyn
0: Christie's performance oh, yeah. in that moment where she I mean, we just saw our, our uh previously that smile that she finally like lets herself have, but then this crushing like it's almost like she let emotion in by letting Jamie in and then we actually saw like the most vulnerable we've ever seen, Brian, and it was heartbreaking. Yeah. But so, if we think
1: about what changed Jamie's mind, he did hear that news that Sansa received that on Greyjoy is now in cahoots right. with her. So maybe specifically he felt,
0: that name, yes, right. So if we're wondering why now. Well. It could be as as simple as, oh, right, Euron's still in the picture, and maybe he's going to bed Cersei. That was so obviously what his goal was, and maybe it's just a little bit of jealousy. But also in the previous leads, they uh, made sure to remind us that Jamie's fully aware that Cersei's pregnant. He knows he's the dad. She he, she says to him that she's going to say he's the father, and he has this incredulous look on his face like, really? Because we've never done that before. Right, I don't know yeah. if you will. He might be savvy enough to realize Euron is going to claim it's his baby mm-hmm. uh, Maybe that would be good for Cersei's plan So he might actually Not only it's that he hates Euron Euron is going to pretend to be the father Of his child which in one way alone Is enough to motivate him But I think the real question is, uh, is Can we take him At face value for what he's saying Is motivating him Is he really going down there to join Cersei and fight for her And defend her her
1: well there's there's two ways this goes so let's make the case for why he might join Join Cersei. well he he does end this kind of it's not you it's me speech to brian by saying that cersei is hateful and so is he and maybe as i said before this is just kind of his own self villainy narrative and he sees himself as the villain he's done all kinds of awful things and he's been reminded of it during this return to winterfell he pushed bran stark out the uh out the window he said he would have would have killed everyone in Riverrun That was back in uh, season 6 right? Mm-hmm. When he reunited with uh, Brienne Outside those uh, that place She is his twin, they have the same DNA Their paths have always been linked And maybe he feels that no amount of good deeds can ever change that And maybe he sees it as his destiny uh, And maybe, you know, you were bringing up This idea of Euron, if Euron was specifically The trigger, what if he feels That Euron poses a threat to Cersei That by uh, in Euron's eyes, impregnating her, he no longer needs the queen. And so by going down south to King's Landing, he's going to protect Cersei against Euron because he sees this kind of pirate king as someone who just wants an heir. And once that's out of the picture, he has no reason to have Cersei.
0: Right. Well, and also Euron Greyjoy, based on, on his character in the books, but also we've, we've seen, is a reckless warrior. Mm-hmm. So he he's not going to care about Cersei or any of them really surviving this. The Greyjoys have, are as a as like people are like pretty suicidal
1: yeah you know? we do not so we yeah they yeah. yeah uh
0: we we die <laughs> but and then we're reborn but still uh so so there is that that option and one reason why well i'm going to come back to actually a reason why i i think that is i, I think we got to take him at face value but we have to acknowledge enough people are tweeting us about this that they think no it can't be right he's on his way to kill cersei yes uh, and you know we're just getting a big old misdirect right now. So if we consider this option and take it seriously, we got to remember that Brian labeled him a good man. she is potentially the same uh, voice of, of not reason but the the like almost like it takes someone noble and good to be able to label someone else else that way the same way that a knight can knight, uh, make another knight. she by doing that is doing what brand did for Theon mm. right by saying, I want you to know that as a good person or, or a, for a brand, actually, as just an all knowing person, you are definitively good. So if we are to take her words as more valuable than his, then it could be, he is a good man. And that opens up the option of maybe he doesn't even realize why he's going down there. And last second, he can change his mind. Yeah. Uh, and, and in the ultimate moment, you know, have the moment he had with the mad King where it was, if it's the people or this person, maybe just last moment he will still turn out to be a good man Uh, but then also there's um, all these things that that he did that he said he he did wrong the show spent years making him atone for them Mm -hmm. so for him to still suffer them and go back to them I mean that's kind of like a, a, a bit of undoing, yeah. A lot of what is it would be odd been. for
1: uh, Jamie just to go back to the villain that he was in season one and in season two. He needs to have changed, even if he goes back to you know cyclically return to some of the story beats that he was at in the beginning with the uh, the Mad King. Maybe return to the Mad Queen. Uh, we need to show how he changed, and by killing his sister, not only would that uh, bring him full circle with this whole idea of defending the realm by killing this uh, crazy monarch, it. Brings them full circle with this uh, idea of the Volunquare theory from the books, which is not really in the show, but this whole idea of the Woods Witch that Cersei met uh, when she was a young girl uh, kind of brought up this idea of you will die by the Volunquare, which is a high Valyrian word for younger brother. Some people have interpreted that to be Tyrion, who has made his fair share of threats Smaller to Cersei, brother. Smaller brother. Yeah. But uh, as her twin Jamie was born a couple minutes after her right. so he could be the one to deliver that death stroke also I just want to put out there Bran said to him the, the reason I didn't want to throw you under the bus and, and sentence you to death is because you have a greater role to play in the wars to come and to be honest in the battle of Winterfell what we really we did Jamie that, do? at least I mean he yeah. had his cool moment with Brienne
0: where they both do shadow boxing kind of you know. Right they, they,
1: they got backed up against the wall and started killing a bunch of whites that would eventually die when Arya stabbed the Night King anyway. Yeah they Essentially, they yeah.
0: survived. Is right. What the, the right. So what rollers. is his
1: greater role if not to kill Cersei?
0: Right. And then finally, I'll say that the ultimate completion of his arc. So Bran actually forgave him, essentially, for, for pushing him out the window. He said it was essential for, for everything that that's uh, happened. Uh, so that means like the worst of the things that, that we know that Jamie's done or, or arguably maybe the worst, uh, is something that has already been, uh, like forgiven. So then if we are actually still continuing his arc and this is a misdirect, then the finality of that arc would get to the root of it all, which is Cersei. All those things that he did for love, he did for Cersei. So killing Cersei would ultimately, finally make him fully uh, uh, find, you know, amends and potentially be labeled as a good man. It might be the last act he ever does, but... Mm -hmm you know, it, it might be the deciding factor in his good place number score. You know? Right. It'll
1: be interesting to see if he actually delivers the blow, though. Like, I could see him getting right up to the point where he's got the sword in his hand and he's ready to, to strike down, but he just can't bring himself to do it. But that moment of weakness is, in a way, a redemptive moment for Jamie Lannister at the end of the series. So maybe he doesn't survive his, like, mission to go kill Cersei, but he at least gets up to the, the plate for it. I mean, entering this conversation,
0: I, I felt more sure than I do now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, we are really supposed to be torn about him, but I want to call out something that I think this episode was about, uh, whether or not it was about this thematically, uh, overall, there certainly was this recurring personal character motif of that's not me. Mm-hmm. Right, we know Arya oh, yeah. says that. Where she is, I, I'm not the lady. She's obviously she's referencing the first time she said that to Ned Stark, but also that moment with Nymeria, where you know that's not you. It's acknowledgement. That's who you want me to be, but that isn't who I am. Jamie is having that moment. That's who you want me to be. That's not who I am. Gendry saying, you know, I'm I'm not a lord. All, even Braun, right, where we all want to be. remembering that Braun was these guys' best friend a a number of times, he has to love them deep down. He's like, no, that's not me. I'm in it for the money, I've said it since the beginning. And I think that's what that bolt next to Jamie's head is saying. Mm is no. You, like the fandom, uh, are confused about who these characters really are and who we really are. And we got one moment of happiness. We all had sex. <laughs> yeah. Every character on Game of Thrones finally had the orgy they were building to all these years, uh, the red orgy. And then they all realized that's the life I wish I could have, but it's probably not the life I will. Have. Right.
1: Yeah. This uh post-battle feast kind of felt like the the epilogue that was maybe in people's fan fictions, but every character pivoted. It away from that happy ending into the ending that they really have been right driving toward.
0: The most telling moment of "That's Not Me" is in that uh, that moment there with with Daenerys trying to to like will the epilogue being. Joyful, right? right? Like, oh, I'm gonna label Gendry as as the Lord of Storm's End. Uh, people are gonna gonna flock to me because of it. I mean, still strategic, but you know, there's the cheers moment. It all feels like, isn't this working? And then we get that shot where she realizes, no, it's not working. Right, yeah, and that's kind of I think maybe telling for everyone. It's not working.
1: She just awkwardly sips her to-go a cup of coffee. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. realizes that what this isn't her world. What a huge
0: embarrassing mistake! Yeah. They should never re- be allowed to be forgiven for that. Right? Oh Everyone yeah. should be fired. Should, they should do a should a reshoot. The show should be canceled. Yeah. Right, before the final. Yeah, episode. Yeah, I think they should end it in two episodes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Seems <laughs> seems like a just punishment. Yeah. Um. Well, but real real quick. No. Uh, uh. You you stay right there, Raven. Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> uh. I want to point out. By the way, we've got to. Mention just at the beginning, this is the episode where we are going to announce the winner (gasps) of our uh, Stardust like... Contest, whatever Ooh. the word I'm supposed to use. I feel like legally I'm supposed to use a specific word. Uh, the Stardust uh, hab- Haberdashery. Uh, the person uh, who and and a friend who are going to get flown out to hang out with us and watch a special VIP screening of Game of Thrones, the finale episode, and uh, hang out with us while we do an episode of Westeros Weekly. Uh, that person is going to be announced later this episode, uh, which I'm really excited to share with you guys. Yes, me too. Yeah. All right, uh, yeah! there you go, Raven. Yeah, oh, I like the way no you impression. just hovered there like a drone yes, for a while. That's impressive. Also, uh, I I, I want to see the Raven again. By the way, I'm, I'm the Raven looking like a man's hand is creeping
1: me out. Oh, there it is. Yeah. but looking like a, a furry mammal is yeah. totally normal. Um, <laughs> at Happy Latia, Happy wants to know what is Varys' plan. Ooh, that's a real interesting question.
0: Right. Because well, everyone's partying uh-huh. and Varys clearly is doing the same thing that Danny is doing where he's doing the math of, uh-huh. of, of everyone in the room uh, and he's reading everyone's facial expressions. It's what I do when I go to parties. Yeah, I don't exactly. say a word
1: and I shave my head completely bald and I just yeah. wear a weird tunic, possibly hiding a mermaid tail and just uh, stare around and see where the where the shadow <laughs> on the cave wall lies. Exactly. Uh, well, Varys <laughs> has told us multiple times that he serves the realm and he just wants a leader that's best for all of its people. His allegiances have changed so many times over the course, but it's all coming from the same Motivation of he wants what's best for everyone, for the kids of the realm, so people don't go starving. Remember in season five, episode one, he said he wanted a ruler stronger than Tommen, but gentler than Stannis, a monarch who can intimidate the high lords and inspire the people, a ruler loved by millions, uh, with a powerful army and the right family name, George Clooney's teeth. Uh, (laughs) A little bit of Monica. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) A little bit of Sandra in the sun. Yes. (laughs) Um, And this episode, he said that John is a man which makes him more appealing to the lords of Westeros whose support we're going to need. And you gotta imagine, And as a eunuch, uh, Varys must feel like a sting of guilt about that for saying that someone needs uh, the right genitalia to be the, the ruler of Westeros. But I think he's just looking at this pragmatically. Like he said, we want to win over as many rulers as we need. We're not in the military strength position that we were a couple seasons back. Now we really need to play the political game a lot more. Um, yeah. I mean, he's the yeah. one that is still absolutely playing the Game
0: of Thrones. Yes. Yeah. Varys is
1: back to what like Varys was in seasons two and three. Like he's been kind of wandering since he left Westeros. Well, and now he's back to the conspirator that he was at the beginning of the season. And series. isn't that another example of all the characters that we've come to
0: love who they became. And then they're reminding us with their choices. We're like, please don't do that. But mm-hmm. actually they're like, this is who I always was. Yes. You're the one that that thought better of me.
1: Absolutely. Now Tyrion asks Varys what will happen to Daenerys and Varys says I've spoken as honestly as I can mm-hmm. and then he tells Tyrion each of us has a choice to make. I pray we choose wisely. It actually echoes that moment remember in the Godswood when Bran told John, it's your choice. Water me or let me die. Uh, but this whole idea of like it's leaving the choice up to someone else, but really clearly there's an obvious choice to make, like this illusion of choice, like the cell sword and the riddle that he told uh, Tyrion back in season three, season two, mm-hmm. when he said, uh, he, you know, it's it's all an illusion. Power is an illusion. Like it's just the choice lies with the cell sword in the middle based off of where he believes power resides. Uh, he's asking Tyrion to pick between Daenerys and John, right? That's the choice that he's. Asking, I think Varys has already made up his mind to sell yeah. out Daenerys for Jon, right? The, I mean, some people are wondering, did he already? Yes. Oh, have there already been? Uh, I mean, how did plots? Euron know
0: where uh, that they, they were headed to a Dragonstone?
1: Right. And uh, yeah, yeah. It's like, are there little birds that so, are carrying? I mean, this my, my
0: real opinion is that you know, Kyburn has his own little birds, uh, and he's he's got spies out in the field as well. But you know, people have a decent argument that. Uh, there's a decent chance that this guy's playing the game so well that he's trying to make it seem like he's figuring this out with Tyrion, but of course he's already made his moves and made up his mind.
1: Yeah, two spy networks of children, two teams of newsies, if you will, yeah. who are out spying each other, right. and like a kid's version of the Americans. That's where Game of Thrones is headed. Uh, yeah.
0: That's one of the spin off series that yeah. we're most excited about. AmeriKids? Yeah. Yeah. On FXX. Yeah. We're AmeriKids, and we're here to kill.
1: Um, so here's the theory that we're thinking about right now, that maybe Varys was told by Melisandre last season, well, we know that she told him that when they were, when they they would both die in this strange land, and maybe her half of that was right. Like Varys has a history with the old Lord of Light; he was uh, cut by a wizard who's still in a box somewhere uh, and that wizard <laughs> threw his parts into the brazier and he heard a, a voice and he believes that he has this kind of his, historical connection with the red god and maybe that's part of his destiny now. Uh, there was also that red priestess in Essos, Kenvara, who knew all about Varys's past somehow even though Varys never told her they had never met uh, and that, that creeped him out. So maybe Varys will be the answer to Davos's question from earlier this episode about what the lord of Light's true plans were, what he wants now that the Night King is dead does Varys have a role to play uh, in bringing about the Lord of Light's true agenda that maybe the Lord of Light hasn't abandoned them and that he has like a specific person he wants on the Iron Throne and it's Varys's role to shepherd that person to the throne
0: yeah right I mean uh it would it would be you know if we're trusting our our show show showrunners here uh it would be that the threat of the Lord of the Light of Lord of Light is not done right and it also might mean that if Varys is still manipulating things for a Lord of Light purpose, especially the person that's questioning the most often seems the most linked uh, just in like religious texts. Uh, it would also mean that Jon Snow might still be playing a role yes. for the Lord of Light Hopefully, too.
1: because there's just been so much foreshadowing with him and Daenerys that they must have some kind of role to play in this endgame. Otherwise, that uh, all that foreshadowing will just feel for naught, and it'll feel kind of empty if, if that's the way the show just decides to forget it. But even if the Lord of Light's presence isn't literal on the show – uh, Varys's perception that the Lord of Light, it, it's kind of this coming back again to this whole idea of uh, the sword between the king, the priest, and the rich man. It's power resides where Varys believes it resides. And if he believes himself as a tool of the Lord of Light, then that enough is enough of a motivation for him to make the next move. But before we continue, we want to give a quick thanks to some sponsors who helped us make this video. Starting with HelloFresh. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so that you can just cook and eat and enjoy. I've done it. It's it's wonderful. It's delicious. Yes, they have really, really delicious and simple recipes. They do all the meal planning and shopping and prepping so that you can just focus on being a healthier you. There are three plans to choose from, the classic, the veggie, and the family with the option to switch it if you change your mind. You can spend less time meal planning and grocery shopping so that you can just spend more time doing what you love like scouring Game of Thrones episodes for any shots of direwolves. They're out. There somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you there, Ghost? How if you can hear me? HelloFresh has simplified my dinner time. I've really loved all the food the pulled pork fiesta bowl. Uh, there was a cherry balsamic chicken that I really liked. Uh, and it's become hands down my favorite meal kit delivery service. For $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash Rockstars80 and enter promo code Rockstars80. It's like receiving eight meals for free. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Rockstars80 and enter promo code Rockstars80 for $80 off your first month of HelloFresh meal delivery kits. Uh, True
0: story. Eric invited me to one of those dinners and did not tell us it was HelloFresh. He said he prepared it all by himself and did all the shopping alone. And now I'm finding out the truth right here. Uh, But we're also excited to uh, thank one of our other uh, newest sponsors, actually. This is Mack Weldon. They make really smartly designed men's clothing, and their user experience is probably one of the easiest and most convenient out there. They made their name with men's underwear, and they've got really cool underwear, actually. I genuinely this way uh, you can tell right uh, <laughs> that i'm like giddy about it because they have silver sewn into the underwear Ooh. so it's antimicrobial so you can just like toot into that puppy and those, uh, oh, those no boy. Uh, uh but they're anti-odor so, oh, so nice. it's actually like you know it Feels like wearing silver, obviously. Finally,
1: but underwear that's doing what it should be doing. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm all about uh, fancy tech underwear. That's like that's one of my one yeah. of my uh, hobbies. Uh, so they've actually though expanded beyond underwear, and they have all kinds of men's clothing, like sweatshirts and hats and swim trunks, uh, all kinds of stuff. I just ordered some of their t-shirts because I like the colors, and they had 16 to pick from. The website was easy to use. The whole process was super convenient. I also got some of the silver underwear, underwear of course, because I have to test its limits, and I'm very excited to. But uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, Please stop it. testing yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm just like uh, In a lab coat In the underwear and uh-huh. Just like It's for science <laughs> uh, But for 20% Off your first order Head to macweldon.com And enter promo code Westeros at checkout And again that's Promo code Westeros Macweldon.com. 20% off your first order. Thank you so much to them for sponsoring this episode. We literally could not do the show without these guys. Uh, but uh, let's talk about people who uh, we also apparently can do the Game of Thrones show without because now their watch has ended.
1: Yes, the characters that we remember in memoriam, uh, the, the ones who, who we lost this episode. Uh, That's all we have the right to yes. uh Starting with Raygall. Oh boy. The, Man, this the is why general. we're both wearing black. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, uh, So if 150 pounds of Jon Snow is too much for him to carry Maybe he shouldn't have been flying off to war
0: Oh, come on, don't kick I'm just saying. bird
1: while he's sunk uh, <laughs> He's a mythological beast that was the equivalent of nukes in this world And I'm happy that we're uh, proliferated. <laughs> oh boy um, It's, it's it it was sad. Oh god! Even the still, it's just no, hard to look at. No, I can't look even look at, at it's this. It's so, so sad. Can, yeah. can we do something um, else. But it so it was, it, it was yeah. sad to see Daenerys lose yet another child. She's losing so much this episode. It really is a descent into madness. And seeing this one was was even harder for me than seeing Viseryon. I mean, does it feel like? Danny is somewhat to blame for... for I mean, she, she, if I'll if, say if Drogon
0: had gone down, then she absolutely would have been to blame because she yeah. is absolutely letting her rage fall Well, uh, well Sansa over. did
1: say maybe we should give the troops some time to recuperate and recover, and we saw how uh, Rhaegal had holes in his wings. Right. I don't know how long it takes a dragon to heal, to heal yeah. but it would have been nice to see him adjust his flying a bit yeah. more because he was pretty wobbly taking The off. last
0: thing I said before that, which was a super shocking moment, was he looks like he's getting better. It's just oh, how
1: wrong you were oh
0: man well maybe he's now he has gills uh through those neck holes and he's swimming the around girls. westeros that's how he becomes yeah. a mythical if you beast get shot in, in, the the water, neck, jump yeah. in the water you become yeah. a fish that's how nessie happened <laughs> yeah, <so> you, <laughs>
1: yeah. what? Uh, but let's move on to the other tragic death this episode missandei uh yeah. or as like a D&D said after the episode D. like yeah, what we've been all the characters
0: have been saying it wrong too the whole time yeah oh,
1: come on Misande means more to Daenerys because as she told Jon and Davos last episode she was not our queen because she's the daughter of some king we never met she's the queen we chose she's the one who broke their chain she freed her from Astapor so they have this whole like uh, that's why she she fights for her. that's why she serves her and we got a hint of that with her final word she said the word Jacaris, which is High Valyrian uh, it's the term that. Daenerys says to the dragon to say light it up which also, maybe could have some other meaning that we'll, that we'll talk about. But it's, but it's the, also a callback. It's a callback uh, to the moment that uh, Daenerys said Drakars to, to roast Krasnus in Astapor. Uh, this is a slave trader that tried to take Drogon. And it was this big, fiery moment that freed all of them in the Unsullied. Including Missandei. Uh, yeah. So it, it kind of brings her back to that moment of, like, that freedom. It was the, It was a word that freed her, and now it's the word that frees her from this life.
0: Yeah. Uh, so speaking of what what Missandei, uh was doing, I think we have a question. Uh, uh, Whoa, I swear if this bird doesn't start flying soon, we, this thing started with a contraption with a zip line at the beginning of this. And it now you literally frisbeed in that question. Yes. Uh, <laughs> this bird. All yeah. right.
1: <laughs> uh, well, uh, this bird brought a question from at Brizzy B twenty four, wondering: Did Missandei saying Drakkaris foreshadow Danny burning down King's Landing?
0: So, I mean, obviously, hmm. this is uh, a bigger question. So we we should. Take a moment here because it certainly is trying to do that right she Dr- Drakkaris is the translation to basically burn it all down yeah. right which is obviously uh very reminiscent to another targaryen having burned them all uh in his head and and him screaming that so yeah i mean it's definitely doing that especially it's connecting to danny's vision that we saw in the house of the undying of the burned out throne room oh, yeah. uh when we a lot of people were saying it was covered in snow Maybe, but also that just could be ash, right? Right, if it's if it's burning down the whole time. Yeah, the roof Uh,
1: was caved in, and yeah, the the Iron Throne looked like it was gone or decimated. So yeah,
0: yeah. So it would finally pay that off, and that's you know a lot of the prophecies uh, on in Game of Thrones I'm not talking about in the books uh, don't necessarily have counterparts in the show like the Balancar prophecy but this one's one we straight up saw this earlier in the series Uh, I feel like that means that we're potentially going to see that again so so that also would set us up for a repeat of the Mad King up against maybe Jamie Lannister, mm-hmm. having the ability to take down the Mad Queen, uh, if that is where Danny was headed. And it certainly felt like the fall of of Daenerys Targaryen's mental health uh, mm-hmm. this episode, right? She's lost two of her closest advisors uh, because they don't well, like Jorah is is gone, yeah. and then also she has advisors betraying her, honestly. Yeah. Uh, then she also lost her her son. You know she, uh oh, yep. so and then Masanda being one of the trusted advisors but but then varus's is support is gone um she's lost the the support of the people of the north that she she kind of never had but she thought she might for a second uh she's definitely headed toward what is is, is i was going to say maddom but there's a word for it it's madness mm-hmm. uh and she's headed toward that uh, and then she says that her destiny is to rid the world of tyrants but no matter the cost So, yes, we are absolutely headed toward, at least what's being foreshadowed is that Daenerys Targaryen is going to burn down all of King's Landing. But the question is, do we have actually two Mad Queens right now? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, both of whom are showing they're willing to burn things in order to get what they want. Uh, it was interesting that both Daenerys and Cersei are, are wearing red this episode. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like these battle-ready uh, mad queens who might be willing to sh- not be afraid to bleed into their clothes to get I'm, what they they've need. They've never looked more alike. Yeah, the the two of them are echoing each other in a lot of ways. I'm I'm looking forward to you know breaking this further down in the breakdown. But yeah, it's almost like a competition of which queen's willing to be madder, and they're both doing specific things to provoke each other. It's they aren't playing smart. Um, Chess right now they're they're both like trying to knock pieces off the board which we saw Daenerys do when she toppled the lion which she hasn't toppled the lion right. yet it was just like angry like I don't want this lion to be well here.
0: and breaking the wheel I mean it sounded cool at one point but the wheel is progress right like the wheel is actually there for a reason breaking the wheel is what you do when you know you're you're mad at a, in a game of monopoly right, right. like yes. that's not how you win or
1: the game of life you just take that stupid wheel which will never spin correctly and you just snap it and then. We all have to go to our rooms. <laughs> My mom takes the board games away. The and I'm uh, there too. Yes. <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> the it's it's totally interesting to see both these characters. The episode title is "The Last of the Starks," but they're both like the last of their lines and in, uh, in their own respective houses. Um, Daenerys feels like the last of the Targaryens because she feels isolated from the only other Targaryen she knows, which is Jon. Cersei feels like the last Lannister because Jaime has abandoned her. Yeah. Uh, So as the last of their lines, they feel desperate. They feel ready to lash out because they don't really have a future in their minds. They're just operating from pure base id raw emotion. And, and this drive to power just to prove that they, they want to win so that the other side doesn't win. Yeah. It's a zero-sum game.
0: One of the most uh, believable things, I think, is... Yeah, okay, so here's here's the thing. I feel like I actually haven't been, been looking to see how people are feeling about this episode. I have a feeling they're going to be torn, or they are torn already, uh, because there's a lot of these turns for these characters. Uh, and I, Earlier, I established why I thought that was. I think they're all having their that's-not-me moment. But I got to say, this episode was really long. And I think they devoted as much time as they could, essentially a movie's worth amount of time, to drive Danny mad, to really actually justify her being there. And I kind of want to. Whether or not they're like totally nailing it, I want to applaud the effort of we need to mess this person's mind up in as many different ways as possible to get her to just where Cersei's been already mm-hmm. this whole time. But I got to say, I mean, I, I don't think anyone at the end was watching and thinking to themselves, I don't know, she's probably all right. I think we all are bought it. We're all like, yeah. She's going to make some real she bad snapped. choices real yeah. soon. Yeah. And, and, and you buy it. You see it on her face. It's all there. Yeah. You
1: saw it at the beginning of the episode at the feast when right. she's looking around from table to table. I'm the only one who doesn't have a family to, to grieve with and to celebrate with. This sucks. And Varys sees that in her eyes, too. He's the first one to notice, ooh, there's something not right here. I, right. I, I might have backed the wrong so horse.
0: So will it burn? I think yes. Right? It, it's, it's destined to burn down. Who sets the fire? I think that's kind of the one of the last uh, fun mysteries. Was it always
1: burning since the world's been turning? Yeah. We didn't start it for sure. Yeah. Oh, we got Oh, look at this little fella. What are you doing there back here? It? Who was the person throwing it if not you? Where would that person go? Interesting. <laughs> uh, okay, well at I Kaito wants to know will the destiny of the Direwolves reflect on their remaining owners?
0: Which is something we've we've actually theorized before multiple times that the direwolves are connected uh, like metaphysically to their mm-hmm. owners.
1: Yeah, definitely. There's a stronger connection between the Stark children and their direwolves in the books. The show, out of maybe uh, distaste for how much CGI budget or how <laughs> yeah. difficult it is to sh- uh, work in production it, with dogs, yeah. it's not easy. It requires a lot of like um, <laughs> things yeah. to in, be met. In the but, books,
0: real quick though, it is. Uh, they're essentially if you're a Stark, you potentially can warg uh, yes. into into. Any, any animal, I guess. And uh, there is more of that warg style connection with every Star Child and and their dire whoop they can kind of feel each other
1: so if the show decides in these last two episodes that they do actually want to follow in this connection how was uh, Sansa's direwolf lady killed she was put down by Ned in episode two of the series uh, at the demand of Cersei could this foreshadow Sansa being held captive or and it foreshadowed Sansa as like a scapegoat being held captive by the Lannisters so that we saw a connection there right but also
0: the lady version of Sansa is gone Right. She, right, that yeah. character did die and die away, and now she became this oh, as
1: as the princess of her. But she's become a lady in the traditional oh, well, I mean, way, like titular, lady of sure, yeah. the. sure, yeah. but the
0: conceptual like the way she, they describe being a lady and just like going right, the to, dainty you know, one yeah, who likes exactly. to do embroidery. But and, and, and then there's and uh, Robin Greywind which is one of the more painful ones. Uh, both are amazing in battle. They talk about how they actually worked seamlessly yeah, in, interchangeable. In, in the books. They talk about how it's almost like they have this mental connection uh, where you know they, they weave and bob together like a great basketball player or something. Uh, uh, or boxers, I don't know. Uh, that's very bad, boxers, if they're working together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I mean, they literally switch heads at death.
1: Yeah, right. they have uh, equal uh, interchangeable deaths in the same way they died. Yeah, so obviously with, tied yeah, together. They're absolutely. both killed in the Red Wedding. Yeah, yeah Rickon and Shaggy Dog both died um, by the, uh, you know, Shaggy Dog died by the Umbers, and he was, like, brought in, and then uh, that foreshadowed how Rickon would die when Ramsay Bolton fired arrows, because, you know, unfortunately, Rickon didn't know the Serpentine movement. But, yeah. Right, well, but also, these are um, the houses, like, turning against uh,
0: the North, you mm-hmm. know, and... and, and You know, surprising us, I guess, with their... I mean, the Boltons, at at one point, were supposedly on the same side.
1: Yeah, so... And then, connecting back to characters who still alive, Bran's still alive, but Summer died for Bran, along with Hodor, north of the wall, under the great weirwood tree. Uh, In a way, Summer died when Bran died, and then became the Three-Eyed Raven. So, Summer, representing, like, the boy, Brandon Stark is now uh both are gone and now it's been replaced by this like vacant psychic tree boy. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh and so we saw in in this episode
0: uh that the dir- a very direct callback to Arya and Ny- Nymeria's relationship oh, yeah. where Arya says that's not me and that's the uh, you know basically what she says with Nymeria, with, that's not you. Uh but they are also these these figures that are these uh female like beasts almost that are that are so capable but they're out there running in the wild alone doing their their own thing and not actually uh there's no it's not about allegiance and, and i mean like just for a second aside from 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 the direwolf saying Arya doing her own thing and not really caring about what she's supposed to do uh is also what's going on with gendry uh mm. but also feels like a maybe a connection to what happened to start this whole thing with Robert Baratheon, oh. uh, another Baratheon being rejected by another Stark, Lyanna sure, Stark yeah. didn't didn't love him. I don't know that Arya doesn't love Gendry. I think she doesn't. Yeah. Think she doesn't about love her. another, doesn't but it's just yeah, yeah. But it but just that again, like. But yeah, is Gendry going to start a new a new war uh, yeah. to get to get Arya? Who knows?
1: And then of course there's John and Ghost. Like when John sends Ghost off with Tormund, it, it kind of <laughs> breaks our hearts. He's like, a direwolf has no place in the south, and it's very similar to what Sansa said to Tyrion about John and King's Landing. The men in my family don't do well in the capital. It's things that belong in the north don't should not go to King's Landing. Um, and John is saying that Ghost will be happier north of the Wall. Tormund says, so would you? You know, so it's it's kind of like there's a connection between uh john and ghost here Ghost super wounded after the battle but like he, he it just it feels wrong that they're being separated and going in opposite directions right which
0: so if all this stays true maybe that's foreshadowing john is not going to end up on the iron throne right or maybe alive. there won't be an iron throne yeah
1: too. like john's place does feel north of the wall he felt truest when well, he was you, with Egrid and tormund it's and, like imagining
0: him i mean i know it's not as far south but imagine him in Dorn. Right, it's just yeah. like so out of place. Like it's just like it's like putting him in Miami Beach. Yeah, <laughs> like he's got this
1: weird, awkward tan. In. Yeah. Yeah, he's like the guy in the hotel elevator. It's like, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> just go back up to Cincinnati. It's, it's like yeah. when
0: we saw Kit Harrington shave his beard for us. And I was just like, this isn't Ooh. right. <laughs> it's not
1: right. <laughs> um, so maybe after this war, John will end up north of the wall. If he does survive, maybe he could reform the Night's Watch. Uh, remember, he did quote the vows of the Night's Watch in his funeral speech. Maybe that could be implying his destiny. But, yeah, I'm not feeling too good about his survival, if this is what Torment is saying. It maybe. felt like there was some prophetic... But I'll uh, also say,
0: or... you bring up the funeral speech I think, uh, I got tweeted uh, Some people asking me, why was his voice so different While, while he was delivering He was the using his outside speech. voice Yeah, but he's used it before But it didn't quite sound uh, Regal and I feel like that was one thing that we were actually supposed to be taking away from that is this guy sounds like a king. He kind of sounds like Martin Luther King Jr. specifically, but also he sounds like a king and that's happening in front of Daenerys. Daenerys is not the one that's shouting out there to everyone, the the funeral speech, unless she was like an earlier act or something. In yeah. It. But it's him and I think that's just trying to... to Add to the whole stress to her. Of, yeah, damn, this guy is good, and that's also what Tyrion is responding to. What Barris is responding to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, do no! we? Have, oh, what's this? Okay, here we
0: go. Uh, <laughs>
1: from at Dorothy Metz twenty four. Did Sansa tell Tyrion about Jon's parents because she knew he'd tell other people? Yes. Yes.
0: So much so. Yeah, it's absolutely. like the office goss
1: who's like, "Oh, don't tell anyone else this," but <laughs> yeah, Jeff's getting fired. No, <laughs> I can't wait for everyone to know
0: that secret for his entire life basically for john's entire life sansa kept it for 12 minutes yes uh there's no way that that was an accident she is the student of Littlefinger. she knows that uh it's a ripple effect she knows a couple of chess moves ahead she uh, is already established she does not support daenerys Mm -hmm. this gives her the way to stay aside and let chaos happen And then I don't want to say that she wants to climb the ladder like Littlefinger did, but it lets John climb the ladder in a very clean way that she can stay out of. She doesn't put the North at risk. Ideally she doesn't at least. Uh, Absolutely she was doing that on purpose uh, but also, I mean, yeah, she's probably just a real bad secret keeper. In yeah. general I mean she probably Is the one up Spreading the word About Aria Because you know That they had A sisterly moment About like Hey me and Gendry And yeah. then
1: uh, So everyone, everyone Knows, knows yeah. immediately Yeah knows. a bunch of yeah. Guys are going By Gendry Being like Nice, nice. Yeah. Like, yeah. Who told you <laughs> Yeah Stop! Okay Uh, At NerdSoda280 wants to know Will Euron wonder how Tyrion already knew Cersei was pregnant That's a great question So there's this moment in this episode where Cersei reveals to Euron that she's pregnant And then Tyrion, who has not been in King's Landing since Cersei started having sex with Euron he, uh, He signals in front of Euron that he already knows that Cersei has a baby And Euron must be wondering, well wait, I thought I gave her the baby. He's, he's thinking about timeline. He's basically like, wait, nine months? He's, he's doing some math in his head. Uh, and he's, you know, he was really excited about being the one to put the prince inside Cersei. So he might be upset that Cersei lied to him. Was this something that Tyrion knew would cause some uh, disturbance in the ranks uh, among uh, Cersei's forces? A way to, this is might be why he stepped away from and He's like, I'm going to address Cersei directly because I'm going to drop a bomb on them right now. Hopefully cause some disagreement. Uh, Agreement between them yeah or he's dumb
0: right and doesn't know because Euron has not been portrayed as brilliant right maybe maybe a tactician of sorts uh definitely like a, a crazy warrior but honestly I mean you think he's like super aware of how this all works he probably thinks that like you know it, it would whenever she she has the baby honestly I if, if Cersei's really slick about it she's going to have him not around when she actually has the baby and she's going to lie about the exact birth date Right? She'd be like I'd, I'd like to go off to casterly rock or something or whatever it is to to go have the baby you go find me the greatest gift you can give your new new son and then she's gonna like make it off by a month or something and then i don't know that Euron knows what a newborn baby looks like Or they're covered in jelly whatever he, they have to do uh I, I don't know that he's that savvy uh, and worst case, uh, he probably would just think they have spies too, right? The OBGYN has a big mouth.
1: I think he's. Uh, I think he's definitely savvy enough. He's become this pirate king by being, by thinking a couple steps ahead. I just don't know if, in the heat of that moment, he's actually thinking the way that like pieces of things fly over our heads all the time.
0: Yeah, but huh? but uh, that said, it'd be <laughs> it'd be good if he did realize because that's some good juicy drama. Yeah,
1: right? we want drama. Yeah. All right, uh, who do we got next? Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. We'll uh, ooh, at Lissy Fawn. Uh, Oh, okay, so what did Danny whisper to Jora? So this is at the very hmm. beginning of the episode. Some people thought that she was just giving him a very long kiss on his dead ear. Uh, now she's whispering in there. The show actually made a point to not tell us what she whispers. The closed captions even just say whispering. Uh, and the there have been a couple of interviews about this now. It actually turns out the lines were not scripted. Uh, hmm. This was something that just was between uh, Amelia Clark and uh, what's his name again? Uh, is it Ian? Ian Glenn, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, they had just this moment of, you know, this is the end of our relationship as actors together too. She she expressed that she was bawling at his death scene because she knew it meant that she's not going to get to be mm. with the guy who's been by her side since the beginning of the series, L- literally. Like, and we know Amelia Clark had some serious health troubles uh, throughout the show, so she's saying this is like one of her her best friends. But uh, Ian Ian Glenn won't say what it is that she said in his ear, but he also uh, said that, it was appropriate for the two of us as, as actors and as people, it was appropriate for the character and it was appropriate for the moment. So it wasn't like penis or something. It wasn't right. some stupid joke, which a lot of people yeah. are like, I bet it was a joke. It's like not nah, Yeah. Uh, he cherishes It, it kind
1: of evokes that moment at the end of Lost in Translation where Bill Murray s- says something to Scarlett Johansson and it's like a secret and you're never meant to know it. Yeah. But it's probably like the actor said something like, oh, I'm too old for you. You're basically a teenager and I'm yeah. like 50. Um, but also there was that moment in, in The Office, like Michael Scott's final episode, where like both him and uh, and they Pam take off the mics. they take off their microphones and then they say something to each other. and We don't know what it was. We find out years later that it's basically um, uh, Pam said something to Steve Carell like, "Oh, you you meant so much to me. I'm gonna miss you so much on the show." Yeah. It does kind of sound like you can hear her say "miss you" somewhere in there, like you hear the S sound, which can only mean "miss you."
0: Yeah. I ain't missing you at all. <laughs> right, <laughs> just that. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, All right, so let's get into uh, some of our video questions. Uh, We get those sent in via Stardust. Uh, It's a social media app where you just do, if you're a film and TV lover, you can post your reactions on there uh, in video or text, but we use them uh, as nice video Q and A's. But remember, uh, we also are hosting a contest through Stardust of the people that tag at new rock stars and submit a question and they follow Game of Thrones on Stardust, Uh, they are submitted to win the chance or to win the uh, flight. (laughs) to uh, join us wherever we have our uh, Westeros Weekly live episode and our VIP viewing of the finale Uh, and all you have to do to enter is submit these questions basically and follow us. Uh, We're going to announce a winner shortly but also we still got another winner to pick uh, and we'll announce that one next week. So make sure you keep submitting those questions for additional entries. Uh, Let's go ahead and uh, take a look and listen.
1: Yo, yo, yo. Westeros Weekly. What's up? New rock stars. You're the best. Hey, so my question is With all the time that Bran's been spending in the godswood at Winterfell, do you think he's going to morph into the weirwood tree, kind of like the old three-eyed raven? I mean, it makes sense. He's always sitting there doing nothing, not blinking. Might as well be in a tree, right? Yeah. Or he might as well be a tree. I've never seen a tree blink. They probably do behind (laughs) my back. Yeah, uh, that would be an interesting place for Bran to go because I don't know what other role he can play. He's not going with them. I feel like he's given all the information he can possibly give. There was an interesting line where he say, I live in the past, uh, which some people are saying is everything we're seeing in Game of Thrones. In the past, a vision of, like, an older version of Bran experiencing this this past vision that he's now, like, telling to someone else. So, or does it mean that Bran is living in the past and he's, like, affecting past events currently as we speak or has already done it based off this version of time travel that we've seen on the show yeah but i don't see literally transforming into a tree no i think growing old maybe and once uh, he passes i mean on. and but also you
0: know who knows in a thousand years or so yeah i mean sure maybe, over time you know yeah. a human after a thousand years looks a lot like a tree mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah so i've heard yeah another question uh here hey so
0: what is sam going to do now gilly or are they just going to stay at winterfell and be sam going to be new maester there yeah, that's a so good question good question yeah is what's gonna happen with sam and gilly did they just get written off the show is he is he uh does he still have a greater role is he the one that's actually recording the events of game of thrones and, and, right. and uh, for the citadel and that's what we're hearing uh but also uh i think we should actually take a moment to to expand this blow this question out a little bit because there were a lot of characters that we said theoretically he said goodbye to this mm-hmm. episode, right? Tormund uh, says that Winterfell is far too south for him. Uh, and so obviously King's Landing would be way too far south for him. Gendry might be on his way to Storm's End now, and uh, he, you know, figuring out how to how to uh, be Lord. Uh, uh, he could show up to help Arya, right? Uh, right. That could suddenly happen. Uh, and Brienne is probably, you know, right now she's she's in this interesting place where she's sworn to stay and protect Sansa, uh, and then but then Jamie's headed south, so that theoretically is a character we might not see anymore as the show heads south. Uh, what do you think? Who do you who's who's going to show up again, basically at all?
1: I think Gendry's going to show up again. Uh, I think it's interesting, and I'll bring this up more in my breakdown. But the fact that Gendry was legitimized this episode is a really big deal, because depending on how you look at the the power lineage, uh, the the succession of monarchs, uh, uh, Daenerys and Jon's claim to the throne is is presuming pre-Robert Baratheon usurping rules, that they're saying that that was illegitimate. But really it's uh, Cersei's holding of the iron throne is through her connection to the Baratheon. Uh, and the fact that Gendry is now legitimized Baratheon, he is a true, uh, heir successor to Robert Baratheon. And if, Cersei and Daenerys and Jon all cancel each other out in the coming events. Gendry now is a direct claim to the Iron Throne. So I think Gendry is now being set up to play a bigger role. Uh, obviously, Brienne's story isn't done.
0: I, it needs to not be done, right? Yeah. I, I think we've got a really interesting thing. She's, uh, she's never broken an oath. Right. But what does that mean? If right now also you have the other Stark girl that she's she's supposed to protect is headed south too, she could kind of like be like, "Oh, I'm I'm not really breaking my oath. I'm I'm headed there for for Arya or something." But uh, do do you think it's gonna be that that she would? Leave Sansa, like I mean, obviously you know there's not as much a threat right now, right? But to go to King's Landing is is kind of against the character that Alysia was, you know, maybe a, a month ago yeah. or and a year ago or something. Well, we'll see. There's a
1: lot of tinfoil out there that the Night King might not be dead or the Night King might come back or we haven't seen the last uh, of the White ooh. Walkers. I don't really buy most of it, but there was just some interesting telegraphing when Torment's like, "I'm going back to Castle." Like, why tell us where he's going at all? You know, why not as a yeah. storyteller, as a screenwriter? of this episode, just leave him hanging out at, at Winterfell, the fact that he's going back to Castle Black, there was some of this like, we'll see kind of language, like, uh, yeah. there may be another threat from the North that could be facing well, Winterfell.
0: I'll say that the, the show didn't what do I, what I would call cinematic goodbyes, where it's kind of give someone a hero shot, really like give them, a play some of a theme maybe mm-hmm. that is appropriate to them, and give them... Uh, just like the, the kind of goodbye, honestly, that Ghost deserved. Yes. Uh, Ghost didn't even get the proper goodbye either. Yeah. Uh, on my Twitter, you can see what a proper goodbye to a wolf looks like. Uh, but I think that that may be pretty telling, too, that we might see these characters again, especially Sam and Gilly, right? That, that doesn't feel over either. Uh, so what I'll say when I said Boo earlier about the Night King coming back, uh, I don't want them to bring the Night King back. But I'd be pretty into something like, there's a new Night King now, or something, mm-hmm. or some other version of a threat that shows that that is going to be a continuing battle, maybe even beyond the events of this show. Right. Uh, maybe one of the spin-off series of the three that George R. R. Martin said are, are right. right now are going forward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean, they could all come back, but. I, if they don't, it's a little bit of a bummer.
1: Uh, but we have one more Stardust question that we want to look at. Give it a play. Yes. Also, new rock stars. We've got Arya headed down. We've got the Hound headed down. What do you think they're doing? I love that we have this Arya-Hound reunion. I think that's great. But Hound says he's got some unfinished business. I'm definitely feeling a game bowl, although I wouldn't mind seeing Grey Worm take the mountain down. And then also with Arya, I think we all kind of are guessing that she's about to take down Cersei. Would love to see the assassin do that. But do we actually think is going to take her? down, or she might have her sights on someone else. Who knows?
0: That's a really good question, Smashing Ivory. Uh, I think that well, first of all, yeah, we're headed toward Clegane Bowl, right? Absolutely. That's everything that he was... Uh-huh. Uh, the unfinished business is not chickens or something. Right. <laughs> he needs to yeah. eat the sweet, sweet King's Landing chicken uh-huh. uh, joint. Uh, but the, the... So, yes, that. But the question about is Arya, you know, is that what her unfinished business is? Is it Cersei Lannister is still on her list? Is she cocky right now? And she's like, I took down the Night King. I can take down the, you know, Blonde Queen. Uh, but... I gotta feel like storytelling-wise, and then also feel like it's campy not Arya now.
1: Yeah, she's already played her role. She's—it's gonna be a crucial role, but to kill both the villains from one character, it seems kind of uh, overkill. Uh, I'm—I'd be interested to see if she takes on Kyburn, like if. Kyburn is such a weird, dastardly, uh, awful, mean yeah, character. Yeah, he's going like, to
0: take off his cloak and he has like eight other arms and he's like a badass like villain that, that she is gonna <laughs> fight. Because otherwise yeah. it's going to be very easy for her to, her to kill him.
1: Uh, or at least very satisfying to see. Because he's the guy who designed the scorpion. He's the guy who knows where wildfire is kept. Like, yeah. he's he needs to be taken down in some interesting, satisfying way. And the fact that he has the, his little birds, his army of uh, mm-hmm. newsies that are helping him influence uh, Westerosi events, it'd be interesting to see if one of those kids takes off the mask. I'm just gonna throw right. out
0: a real wild guess here. Uh, we have uh, Danny is going to be killed by John. Okay. And that'll be like the big painful thing then I think that Cersei will be killed by Jaime somehow still, even though True. we're like, he's gonna support her. I don't know, maybe it has to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is all made up randomness, that Co- I'm guessing confirmed. right now. Yeah. yeah, it's all confirmed. Uh, and then Arya, I'm just throwing out there right now that she's actually gonna kill the mountain, but as part of the mountain is killing uh, Sandor, or Sandor Clegane, mm-hmm. like they are having bull, and like it previously went back in, in season four, uh the mountain is unbeatable especially since he's already dead mm-hmm. uh maybe he's done some real damage or something but maybe he delivers a, a death blow, basically, to the Hound. And then Arya comes in and she takes the mountain down, who is someone that she wanted to kill uh, Absolutely. previously, too. Absolutely,
1: yeah. And then uh, Sander's like, wait, that's your unfinished That was my unfinished business. We yeah. have the same unfinished business and again. Dies. And then he dies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. it's going to be one of those moments. Yeah, I, I could see that happening. Or Arya decides to spare someone, you know, because she's such a badass killer, because she's, like, invincible almost, it seems like. Uh, maybe she drops a sword and then she's like, I've already beaten you and she just, you know, she sails west yeah. of Westeros like Frodo.
0: Woodrum, uh, he's also there? What's yeah, the Westeros, west yeah. Westeros. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm super uh, excited uh, to just point out that this person has sent us a bunch of questions every week and that's why she is our winner. <sighs> our first winner, Smashing Ivory. Uh, we are going to reach out to you very soon uh, and you are going to get flown out from your uh, hometown as long as it's uh, real cheap. No, no I'm kidding. Uh, but uh, you are going to join us at our VIP screening and our uh, live taping of this show. Uh, I'm super excited. Your questions have been really good every week. We haven't featured you uh, every time, but you've been getting entry points every single time you have. And uh, we, we're we really looking forward to meeting you. Uh, but also, uh, you get to bring a friend, which is really exciting, because uh, Game of Thrones is super sad to do alone. Yeah. Uh, but you'll be with us, too, so you can be our friend. Uh, but also, if there's another one of you that wants to join us and join the party, uh, you can still submit. Yeah. Uh, next week next week we're gonna announce who uh the final uh winner and you know they'll have a plus one that they can bring um who's that's gonna
1: be it could be you could be you so keep sending us your questions and and we'll pick one of you guys next week to to also join us yeah Uh, let's move on yeah to our kill count so uh every episode we we keep track of uh how many people died and, and who killed them and who had the most kills uh, uh, and a lot of people had beef with us last week for not giving Arya uh, like thousands
0: of, of kills, and yeah. it's like, yeah, you kind of could. Most of those were shatters, though. I would say uh, versus not, kills, yeah, yeah not so, quite cool. So, yeah. so I'll say uh, I'm still stand by her. Her one counted the most, certainly, but yes. I'm not giving her thousands.
1: Uh, so for our kill count, uh, Euron Greyjoy definitely had one big kill with uh, with Rhaegal. When If you kill another major character, that uh, gives you major points. But also probably many more off screen humans. Those ballistas were shattering were the insane. unsullied yeah. ships. So. That
0: said, we can't. I, I mean, I don't want to give him credit for all of it, right? Like mm-hmm. the, each ship had one of those. Uh, yeah. So, you shouldn't
1: Kyburn get some credit for yeah, designing? Exactly. He's the Oppenheimer of that weapon. So yeah, how how what much have I death done? is on? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but also, uh, Gregor Clegane got another uh, huge kill by, by beheading Missandei. Uh, yeah, so.
0: man. I, I was just, like, hoping for something at that last second. Of course, it wasn't going to happen, but, like, some sort of, you know, swing move where she, where Missandei, like, wraps around Cersei and takes her down with her. And yeah, is like, we why both didn't she die? just
1: dive? No one's going to stop her. Her life's over anyway. Yeah. She should have just grabbed her and jumped, you know? Yeah. Don't uh, let him get that win. But, yeah. Uh, but sad
0: she died yeah. uh but that's that's it actually so uh our uh counting person uh who's been helping us was like well you know what there wasn't much kills to count uh but there were a lot of other pokings uh to count so he kept a sex count uh this week uh and uh i, I feel like we should have like music for this like sex count Six <laughs> so, counts. Boom, yeah. Boom. uh yeah but who boned?
1: Uh, well, of course, uh, Jamie and Brienne hooked up. Brienne punched that V card. Good for her. Um, but if you caught <laughs> this detail in the background? Uh, Podrick yes. uh, was. We knew he was hooking up with one girl. She smiled at him. But then the girl, the hound, scared away. Uh, ran over to him and he whispered something. And she got this big smile. This guy's walking away with both ladies. He's Pod the sex god. Uh, we still don't know for sure what he did with those uh, with those ladies. Down in King's Landing to to keep them so happy afterward. Uh, it seemed like maybe uh, he might Sang have sung them a song. Yeah, um, he did sip during the drinking game when the idea of virginity came up. I, maybe he's just sipping awkwardly. Some people are thinking maybe he has it and he's just going to go sing to these ladies, and that's you know that's it. That's yeah,
0: it. Uh, and let's say uh, who else is left there? Bran. Uh, and, uh, the uh, tree or something. Oh, uh, yeah. There was a lot of hooking up going on that we, that we, scenes. See. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Torment hooked up with one of those, oh, uh, yeah, 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 with yeah. those girls. Yeah. Maybe you should be. Yeah. So <laughs> everyone's, everyone's getting some. Um, okay. But now let's, it's time to move on to power uh, rankings. Yeah. It's pow, pow, pow. Uh, so this is the part of the show where you guys decide who you thought won the episode. We sent on our Twitter poll last night. You guys voted in third place, 7.8% of who won the episode. You're on Greyjoy. Uh, it's fair, honest, Ugh. yeah. I just yeah. can't,
0: like, you got to abstain sometimes. You don't have to vote just because somebody is the, you know, best
1: candidate. I wish people wouldn't vote for I think up there, guy. If you think, like, he had a big win, it's yeah. not something that we were satisfied or happy about. But, yeah, there's a big power moment for him by taking down a dragon. You, 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 get a, you get some votes on that one. Uh, in second place with 11.2%, Sansa Stark. Yeah, definitely is the gossip well, queen. Power
0: moves yeah. is what she's doing. And that's why Littlefinger previously had, had I think there was a, an episode where he won the power ranking last season. Uh, until he very much lost it, right? Uh, yeah. But yeah, those moves. I mean, she just by spreading that secret shattered everything.
1: Yeah, by dropping on some drama with the crew right before they go on their road trip, because she was invited on the road trip. Uh, that's that's definitely a power move. Yeah, and yes. then
0: uh, first place, sixty four point seven percent of the vote. So everybody was feeling it this week, and I guess it's undeniable, Cersei Lannister. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she she decimated the the remaining already decimated force, right?
1: Right. Like well, I mean, that's why I, I see Euron deserves some of the votes there because he was the one who won that naval victory. Uh, but her calculation to. To partner up with Euron definitely paid off big time this episode, and her um, unwillingness to uh, to back down when Tyrion came up and tried to negotiate with her was definitely a very powerful moment for her. Uh, she didn't need to kill Masande. That was like she had a captive that she could have used to sue mm-hmm. for peace or for you know to get them to back down or to exchange something. Uh, but she just said no. She, she doesn't even need this. Uh, so she, she killed. Missande yeah. I was she's like power move.
0: And, and a lot of people are probably thinking, Oh, come on. There's no way that they're going to convince her to just give up the, the capital and whatnot. They could put her over a casterly rock. They could set her up real nice. Like Elena Tyrell was just like growing old, uh, happy at high garden. Uh, so there there are negotiations that could have happened that was very much saying we you know we will not negotiate there is no peace yeah. uh, as an option
1: and and definitely a powerful move to bring in the the townspeople of King's Landing inside the walls of the of the red keep yeah uh, because that just it's, it's something that I'll point out in the breakdown it's a big dictator move and even though it's a pretty disgusting thing to use people's human shields yeah. it's definitely a powerful thing it's to also do.
0: often used in propaganda where the, you know you're claiming that your enemy is really the they're just hurting the, the the common people. Sometimes it's even you're disguising uh, yeah. soldiers as as just commoners who are the ones that are you know being slaughtered by your, by your enemy. Yeah. But also again, that's one of the biggest reasons why we want to say we we're headed toward two mad queens because this move is very similar to the mad king heiress who was going to burn all of king's landing just so that he could technically in a way not lose where it's like at least it's all gone
1: then no one wins yeah
0: Yeah. and so she's setting up that move too if i don't win no one does
1: uh, well, and speaking of like who's winning and uh, who's who might be losing, uh, let's let's check in with our guest, the throne uh, pool. Yeah, this yeah. is the
0: first time that we actually have data on this uh, because it takes a couple of days for them to calculate. So this is all based on uh, uh, last week's episode uh, with the the long night. Yes. Uh, is that the name of it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I keep calling it Battle of Winterfell. Uh, but based on that, everybody's uh, submissions and for their death pool is now assessed and we have uh, some data about our first place people, we have some data about where we are. So, uh, first of all, I heard there's like a tie for first place, how many people is that? There's about 200 people. 200 people are tied for first place. (laughs) Wow.
1: Well, I mean, we didn't have a ton of characters die. We had Dolores Ed, we had Lyanna Mormont, we had um, Jorah Mormont. Does it say how accurate they are? They've got yes, so everything the perfect, right so yeah. far. About so that that makes sense that some people. I mean, it's I like. I mean, Ed
0: dying first is not the craziest yeah. guess, but still, that uh, of like characters that are living or dead to get everything right it's, already. It's like
1: week one of the NCAA tournament. You're going to have a lot of people who are still tied for first place. All right. Yes. Less
0: than 10%. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's, right. it's impressive. I'm still impressed. I I, uh, yeah. I don't think I'm in that uh in that bracket at all.
0: Okay, so who are some people that are that are tied in uh uh for first place? Let's just give them some shout-outs. outs. Oh, okay. Circle gets a square. Circle gets a square. You're in first place.
1: Charlotte Good sometimes.
0: Charlotte sometimes. Sasha Stark. Sasha Stark, the character who's going to show up and get some <laughs> sassy tr- uh, trouble going. Charlie T. Uh, Charlize Theron. Uh, Charlie, Charlie T is yep. uh, is doing well. Uh, and one more. Uh, Natalie. And Natalie. Hey, great job. Good job, uh, Natalie. Uh, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, how are we doing?
1: Okay. All All right. right. Five and four points. All right. Uh, And things
0: can really obviously be swayed by who ends up on the Iron Throne, is a big one. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of bonus points. Uh, Does it say what place we're in, though? Page eight of twenty. So yeah, uh, we're probably that. tied for
1: like I don't know. So that would
0: be like eightieth place. Yes, basically. tied for eightieth. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, And I know after this episode, I think I, I don't think I had Masande dying at the end of the season, so that would have been a problem.
0: Oh, I had her dead. Yeah. So we'll, yeah, see. we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Things will get. Yeah. Things will get tipped. Uh, whoever uh, wins this thing gets a prize that. Uh, Let's. I'm going to pretend it's not yet to be determined. I'm going to pretend we actually haven't figured out, actually. Yeah. Uh, but we will figure it out very soon. What <laughs> you um, win.
1: Yeah. And before we move on, we want to take another moment to recognize one of these sponsors that help us put out Westeros Weekly StoryWorth. And this is very specific because of where we're headed next week, by yeah. the way. Next week, a lot of you guys have pointed
0: out that it's Mother's Day, and the different holidays that Game of Thrones episodes have aired on are actually like pretty relevant to the story. Yeah, that like John
1: there. resurrected on Easter and right, season Six, exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, was it was Father's Day when uh, uh, what's his name died? Uh, Tywin. Tywin. Yeah. Or yeah. yeah. Uh, so Mother's Day is coming, and we're headed toward you know these two mothers going into battle next yeah. week. Uh, so we we purposely got a sponsor that uh, has a great idea for Mother's Day.
1: Yeah. Storyworth yeah. is a really cool way to connect and stay in touch with your family. So with Mother's Day being May 12th next Sunday uh, or this coming Sunday, uh, you probably haven't gotten your mom anything, have you? No, you probably haven't. You always forget. I have
0: StoryWorth. Yes.
1: StoryWorth (laughs) is here to help you guys who forgot. Uh, Here's how it works. You subscribe for someone like your mom, they get a weekly email from StoryWorth with a question about their life. They respond with a story, and at the end of the year, after week after week of of answering these questions, StoryWorth takes all of their stories, puts them in a really nice keepsake book. It's a great way to stay in touch with your loved ones that might not live near you and preserve precious family memories. So for me, I, I set this up for my mom. For Mother's Day for Nancy. I'm, for Nancy and I'm so excited for her to get this the first question uh that it looks like it's gonna ask her is uh what was something that you've won and my mom is like has been such like a, a great um, matriarch uh, person who's like helped she raised five kids she's the boss, boss. Um, she's the boss boss my uh, dad was in the Navy so was often overseas and so my mom had to like raise five kids at times yeah. like by herself Uh and so I, I want to I'm curious to know like she's super accomplished you know she's uh like Brilliant! She has like a, a, a master's degree in biology. She almost worked for the CDC. And like, I want to know like the and then things you came she along. accomplished. And then I ruined all of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I spoiled all of it. Me and four others before yeah. me. So I'm I'm curious to know like what her accomplishments are. Well, and I want her to brag about her and life. That's what this whole this whole book series
0: is, or this book is going to be is all kinds of things that you're curious to know about your mom. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I have amazing uh, stories that I'm already uh, finding out about my mom. And it, honestly, like about my mom and dad's relationship at the, at the very beginning, it's like a Romeo and Juliet story it's amazing, Uh, so you can share all those stories in this book but this is what's really great about it, it's not just passed down as a story that you just now know, it turns into a book that can be you know, share to your, your aunts, your cousins. Uh, you can honestly check off a lot of gifts right right, right here. Right, yeah.
1: And with all of my family spread out all over, it's nice to have a way that all uh, her stories can be saved and edited on storyworth.com. Right. So for $20 off, visit storyworth.com slash rockstars when you subscribe. You still have time to give your mom the most thoughtful Mother's Day gift in the world. Just use the URL storyworth.com slash rockstars for $20 off a year subscription. All right, so speaking of Mother's Day, again, we're
0: ne- we're really pumped about next week is going to be Mother's Day, so let's watch that teaser for next week, and we're gonna try to give some quick reactions and maybe some guesses about uh, how it's gonna serve the mamas. Yeah. Yeah, sound right yeah. like the time has come but also that tension building maneuver yeah yeah, yeah.
1: it was very similar to uh you know uh, we were talking about how it's like dunkirk you know the dunkirk, yeah exactly like the is the that shot of Dun- zimmer taking yeah but also effect.
0: taking that look up uh initially in, in dunkirk it's it is also an aerial attack that mm-hmm. you know one person witnesses and then everyone realizes uh, one by one uh, that they're about to be attacked uh a lot of people are asking about what Euron is looking at in that moment. Yeah. I think you saw it too, right? That you can see the glimpse of a dragon in, or the silhouette of one in the sun. Right. So, But, so but it's, Euron
1: seems like shocked to see
0: Exactly. It. So it's, it's either that he was doing what an idiot does and he's staring at the sun. Uh, and then he's like, wait a second, the sun's coming at us guys. Uh, and then he realized, oh no, it's a dragon. And then that's just a shock. Or what a lot of people are wondering, I think is just so funny, but also so cool. If they somehow find a way to pull this off, does Drogon show up wearing like all new threads? He's got like battle armor on. And oh he's, like, yeah, go ahead and try to fire at me, but now I'm impervious.
1: Could Gendry have uh, forged some battle armor for a dragon?
0: Yeah, like secretly he's been doing. He's
1: a lot of work. It's on It's not that. crazy. Ancient Targaryens did put armor on their dragons. So
0: the it's also a, a theory that uh, ties a lot with how war elephants were used, and these also had to be armored elephants. They also had, had armored horses. It totally is a thing that people do. Just the the image of him like, have you ever put a dog in shoes? It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I can't. I just want to see Drogon like, no, I don't like this. What like, is get this? it off of me. <laughs> Keep it on. Yeah. Uh, it could be that, and I think that'd be one of the most uh, badass things, but it also could potentially slightly connect to this promo image that HBO is using all season long of the Iron Throne with the image of Drogon kind of overlaid and to it it kind of uh it gives a little potential foreshadowing of an iron drogon
1: yeah 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 that, that, that'd be awesome to see please let it be a surprise and not just a dragon that you made <laughs> us seem like it would be something much cooler <laughs> you had yeah. the
0: sun yeah, yeah. Alright guys, that's it for Westeros Weekly this week. Thanks so much for watching. Do not forget to subscribe to this podcast and follow our new podcast. It's all about the MCU. It's called Inside Marvel. has all of our Avengers Endgame content uh, coming out there. Again, it all comes out before it comes out on the YouTube channel in audio form because it's just easier to do that for us. Uh, and tweet your Game of Thrones questions at us next week or throughout the week using the hashtag Westeros Weekly. You can follow me also on Twitter at Fimo or on Instagram at Philip Molina. And you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at EAVos. We got some really great videos about Game of Thrones coming up, uh, but also, obviously, we're going to hit up that Spider-Man new Far From Home trailer that just came out. A lot of great stuff this week, so stay tuned. We love you. Bye. Bye.